Act will either slingshot us across the equator or open an Einstein-Rosen bridge, in which case we should be reaching Topeka, Kansas well ahead of schedule. I suppose the alternative is I send us crashing to our fiery doom. But honestly, I'm not Dorothy, and I don't think any of us want to be going to Kansas anytime soon. Cross your fingers and have a nice flight. Welcome to Piloting the Pilots, a podcast where two ambivalent TV viewers watch television pilots and let you know which shows soar to the highest heights of the small screen or crash and burn. My name is Aaron. With me, as always, is my Hamilton Cameron. So are you like your country, young, scrappy, and hungry, honey? I, well, I was born in Canada, so we're, <laughs> we're, more, we're more polite, uh-huh. syrupy, uh-huh. and... Um... I was gonna say friendly. It's like it's like all it's all synonyms for basically the same thing. Synony- syrupy is a synonym syrupy. for friendly, yes, right? It is. And polite. Syrupy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's it. Yeah, I get called that all the time. Yeah. Or it's like, wow, you're so syrupy. So like, are you? Yeah. A, are you a Hamill fan now? A ham? Is that what they're called? I think so. <laughs> a Hamill fan? Not if I'm called a Hamill fan. <laughs> but you finally saw you saw I finally, it. Yeah. You saw it I yesterday. saw it yesterday. Well, who didn't? It was on Disney Plus. <laughs> Crash Disney Plus, I <laughs> I'm think. I'm fairly certain everybody watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. good. I'm it glad was, you found it. It was pretty good. I'm glad you finally got to see and it. And I'm glad you loved it because I've bought you the memorabilia for it over yeah. the course of several years. Yeah, and I was just like frozen in place the whole time. Yeah. You ever have like those moments where you're like, if I move, <laughs> I may cry. Right. <laughs> so I just had to sit there and be like, uh-huh. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that was that was my week. So that was a good. Yeah. That was a good thing. Yeah, that was, that was good great. Anything good happened to you this week? I don't know. We don't talk. <laughs> we don't. We don't talk at all. But we don't not anything. really. I mean, we're thinking of moving, so that's always fun. That's always fun. Yeah, yeah we got a lot of yeah irons in the fire. As yes, they say. we do. <laughs> so yeah, so here we are on flight twenty three mm-hmm. of piloting the pilots. That's yeah. a pretty impressive number, I think, especially when you factor yeah. in Magnum she wrote on top of that. Yeah, we've been doing this for a while now, almost a year now. Almost no, I think we've actually gone over a year. Now. Oh, have we? Yeah, I think so. Nice. So, for those of you who have stuck with us for over a year now. What's wrong with you? <laughs> don't you have something better to do? <laughs> no, they don't, because this is fantastic. <laughs> this is entertainment. <laughs> no, but but thank you. Anyway, might yeah. as well just say that right now. Thank you very much. And yes. for this week's episode, we watched the 1999 Helmy Henson Joint. Yes. Farscape. Farscape. <laughs> Otherwise known as Farscape. Uh, from the, the brainchild of Rockne S. O'Bannon. Yes. Rockne's not a name that comes around too much anymore. No, huh? it's not. Yeah. It's not. It, it, I mean, it, Farscape is Australian mm-hmm. uh, American TV at its best, really. Yes. I yes. Think, I think. Definitely. Filled with all the New Zealanders and <laughs> Australians you could muster into yep. a show. This is so, true. <laughs> so this is kind of a it's kind of nice that they're not just straight up British. Right. Like most sci-fi. Ugh, they're always British. <laughs> like it's, it's like, like <laughs> really, can't you find somebody else? Yeah, it's it's nice. It's like no, the sun never sets on the British Empire. <laughs> not even, not in, even space. in space. <laughs> Look at all the stars. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> the empire all now. <laughs> yeah. So um, hey guys, what's going on? Oh. I'm here to do my job. Excellent. What's up, Aaron? Get to it. <laughs> I just I just laughed at myself. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. <laughs> <laughs>
Thrown into a distant part of the universe, an Earth astronaut finds himself part of a fugitive alien starship crew. Mm-hmm. And the episode synopsis, if you please. It's called Premiere. It's called Premiere. Astronaut John Creighton attempts to use the Earth's atmosphere to propel his module at high speeds, but is hit by a radiation wave and is No, sucked. no, it was an electromagnetic wave. Yeah, that's bullcrap. Yeah, that IMDb. was, come Wait, on, did IMDb. Did you watch this show? God, completely different did you wave. watch it? Completely different wave. Uh, but is hit by an electromagnetic wave. That, good job, DB. Way to keep up on that. <laughs> editing on the fly. <laughs> and is sucked through a wormhole into a distant part of the universe. Mm-hmm. Later. <laughs> okay. Uh, Farscape stars Ben Browder as John Crichton, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic dog name. Yes, it is. We, the... we wanted to get like a shaggy kind of scruffy mutt from the pound and name him John Crichton. <laughs> yeah, we wanted to name him Crichton. <laughs> um, if you do not know him from Farscape, you might know him from other popular sci-fi shows, Stargate SG-1 and Stargate Continuum. He was in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, mm. which is worth mentioning because mm-hmm. recently James Gunn was on Twitter and... People ask him all the time, like, did this inspire Guardians of the Galaxy? Did that inspire right. Guardians of the Galaxy? And he, he came out and he literally said, uh, people are always bringing up a million films asking me if they're inspirations. Usually the answer is no. In the case of Farscape, it is most definitely yes. Ah. And I can definitely I can see, see some Guardians yeah, of the Galaxy it. in Farscape yeah. for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we got Claudia Black mm-hmm. as Officer Erin Soon. Mm-hmm. She was in Pitch Black with mm-hmm. the, the Vin Diesel. Yes, I love that movie. <laughs> and she's a ton of video game voices. Ton of video game voices. Uh, Dragon Age. More again. Uh, mm-hmm. Uncharted yep. games. She's in a ton. She's, she's in got tons. a very distinct voice. I like her voice her a voice lot. Her voice is gorgeous. We have Anthony Simcoe as Ka Dargo. Mm-hmm. He was in a movie, I think it's an Australian movie called The Castle, uh-huh. and he was in The Inbetweeners 2. Okay. We have Virginia Hay as Pao Zota Zan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just call her Zan, so yeah. that's why my, I'm a little hesitant with the exactly. first name there. Uh, she was in Mad Max 2 and The Living Daylights with mm-hmm. the best Bond. The best Bond. Timothy, Timothy Dalton. Dalton. <laughs> that's right. That's right. If you don't agree with us, stop listening now. Yep. Then you're wrong. <laughs> you're just wrong. You're just wrong. <laughs> we have Jonathan Hardy who plays Dominar Rigel the 16th. Mm-hmm. He was in Mad Max 1. Ah, interesting. <laughs> and he was also in Moulin Rouge. Love it. And then we got Lonnie John Tupu. Mm-hmm. He was the voice of Pilot, and he also plays Captain Bailar Crace. Really? Yeah, you, you didn't, really? You can't tell that in the cadence no. of the voices? Listen no. next time. I'm going to have to listen next time. I didn't realize that was the same voice. Yeah, he has a very distinct, because he's, he's from New Zealand. Yeah. And he has a very, it's not... Shatnerian in its okay. pauses, but it's very there's a distinct cadence. Okay. And if you listen for it, you can hear he sounds oh, the same. Wow. Just, they modulate his okay. voice to be a little bit higher. Cool. That's all. Yeah, it's yeah. Interesting. And gets a double dip in that paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> um he was also in the Punisher, which is the Dolph Lundgren one from nineteen ninety. I don't think I've ever seen oh that my one. God, it's great. It's got Louis Gossett Jr. What? It's got everything. It's got, <laughs> <laughs> it's got Dolph Lundgren as the Punisher. Nice. Um, and he was in, there was apparently a TV show called The Lost World. There was a TV movie really? and TV show. Hmm. And, and the cover art 
is just straight up Shauna the she devil, <laughs> the woman in like a leopard print bikini. I'm like, might need to watch that. <laughs> uh, nah, we'll pass. <laughs> Firescape was released March 19th, 1999. It's uh-huh. a lot of 19s, or a lot of nines in that number. Yeah. Uh, the number one song in America <laughs> was. Would you believe in love? Yeah, every, everybody knows this share song. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> And the number one movie was Forces of Nature, which is a comically terrible movie. What? That one's legit bad. What? You guys should have been at home watching Firescape. They were just scared of Y2K is what it was. (laughs) They're like. They're terrified of Y2K. They're like, we need to watch Forces of Nature. We've only got nine months left. We need this (laughs) Affleck Sandra Bullock (laughs) vehicle to get through this. (laughs) Y2K. God, people are dumb. People are real dumb. Uh, okay, so f- as far as Farscape is concerned, what mm-hmm. was your predictions for the show? Oh, shoot. I didn't write any. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, gracious. I didn't write any predictions, and here's this why. This is our 23rd episode. Here's why I didn't write any predictions. Mm-hmm, I've already seen, seen it before. Yeah. If I wrote predictions, be like, yeah, I nailed it. <laughs> well, I wrote a prediction. What? You can't. We've I... already seen it. Here we go. Oh, no. I said, kind of unfair since I've seen it before. <laughs> But I expected it to be a fun show with a charming protagonist as he navigates a treacherous universe. Uh-huh. More space opera than science fiction, mm-hmm. although there will still be strong existential themes. Yeah, that's because you've seen it before, which is why you <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. Yeah, I love the science in this. Though. Well, we'll get into it yeah. when we get to yeah, talking yeah. about it. But anyway, so do you want some... Okay, I got abduction facts. Do you want to hear abduction some... Abduction facts! <laughs> Because this show deals with a human being flung far into the galaxy. And then kidnapped immediately. Kidnapped immediately by mm-hmm. And already aliens. a murderer immediately. Yeah, he's considered You know a what? It's actually still pretty good. We're going to get into all it. All right, all right. We're going to get into it. All right. But So to start us off, let's go with some abduction facts. Okay. So I think it's important that you know that the current president <laughs> of the International Chess Foundation and former president of... Oh God! I'm Kalmykia. Gonna... Kalmykia. It's a. Ru... It's like in Russia, like oh, okay. in that area. Right. Kirzen Elumzinov. Sure. That he fervently believes that a. Uh huh. He was once abducted by aliens for two days in 1997 by yellow jumpsuited aliens. Oh, so like you know the Russian mafia. Yeah, or like. Sure. Or like Mystery Science Theater 3000. <laughs> he got he got he got kidnapped by Joel. <laughs> and B. They invented the game of chess. Aliens invented and the game of chess. And aliens invented oh. the game. He sure. has an argument for this. Okay, let's hear this. His argument is, in his own words, chess comes from space. Because it's the same rules, 64 squares, black and white, and the same rules in Japan, China, Qatar, Mongolia, and Africa. Yeah, that so, is interesting. So wherever mm-hmm. it was invented, like everybody seems to know this one game. Well, we all came out of the cradle, so. I mean, but, you know, but people also like to believe that, like, before recorded history, people just didn't, like, interact with one we another. We were either. dumb before. We then. just, like, I mean, like. Before the past, like, a thousand years, we were dummies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> people were everywhere. We were and then Hobbanabi up. happened, or, <laughs> and everybody was like, oh, wow, he's great. Yeah. <laughs> and that was that. That was it. Papyrus changed the world. Papyrus, best invention, yeah. decided chess. He says, why? Because I think it's maybe from space. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what? Whatever. Fine. That's a, that's a good as argument as any. This, Whatever. This was his time with aliens. 
Okay. He was lying in bed. Sure. And I'm assuming he was listening to Unbreak My Heart or something because it was 1997. So he's listening. Yes. Unbreak yeah. My oh, we heart. know it. We know Tony Braxton. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and these aliens came in. Jo- Lil Joel's came in. Uh huh. They gave him one of their oxygen regulating jumpsuits. A hazmat suit. Essentially, yes. Yes. Because he said he has trouble breathing. So they're like, hey, put this on. Mm-hmm. And then they took Wait, him on- he was having trouble breathing on Earth? He was having trouble breathing when they brought him up to space. So uh, yeah, well, him, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, so they gave him yeah. something to help. Like he, okay. he said, there's a little diode on it that he could like adjust how much oxygen. He was <laughs> Crank that up. Enjoy the ride. <laughs> and then they basically just took him on errands. They just flew him to different places. All right, we've got to go grocery shopping <laughs> yeah, on yeah. Mars because it has the the right kind of red dust. So, so they were doing this for like two days, uh-huh. and then according to him, after the two days was up. He asked, hey, I need to go home because he was in he was in the Russian government. And he was like, youth government week is coming up. And youth I, government? And I can't miss that, aliens. Is that anything like Model UN? Model yeah. UN's coming up, guys. I've got to be there. I'm in charge of the Model UN, and i got to get back. So even though this is like an amazing experience, and I appreciate you taking me across the galaxy. got to get back from Model UN. He, so then he came back, mm-hmm. and then everyone was like, okay, well, so what were the aliens like? And he said, I forgot to ask them any questions. <laughs> so, so for two days, he just, like, palled around with them, going around the galaxy. Didn't was, ask them a thing. Didn't ask them didn't, one question. Wasn't even concerned about the ship he was on. No, not how the science, how anything no, worked. No, nothing. And then was like, oh, I got an appointment, guys. You're going to have to take me home. <laughs> Model you in, baby. <laughs> Way more important than discovering a new species. So, okay, well, well, with these ones, let, let's let's give it a let's give it a vote. How sure. credible do you think that is? Do you think he Not was telling very. the truth, or do you think he I might think, be crazy? Or... I think he believes he was telling the truth. Yes, which is far more dangerous than lying in actual truth. And he was a head of state. Yeah. And yeah. I think I read that he is either now or was trying to be the head of FIFA, the soccer. Organization. <laughs> so. Yeah. Okay. How did these people get into these positions? These crazy nutbags. Like, I have like, no idea. Okay. So one of our more credible abduction stories, or and I put that in quotation marks. Quotation. Credible. All right. Was the impressively alliterative Allagash alien abduction. Uh-huh. It was occurred. It's impressively alliterative. <laughs> yeah. It occurred in 1976 when four not creative at all art students. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which composed of twin brothers Jack and Jim and Chuck Rack and Charlie Foltz, which I realize is Jack, Jim, Chuck and Chuck, or Jack, Jim, Charlie and Charlie. Wow, okay. Oh, and oh, and Jack and Jim were Jack Wiener and Jim Wiener. <laughs> so His name was Jack Wiener. So this is the double Wieners, double Charlies, double Chucks. Double Chuck Wiener, huh? Double Chuck Wiener. So they went All out right. to the Allagash Waterway in Maine for a little bit. Mi- oh, they're in Maine. And yeah. this isn't a Stephen King book. No, amazingly Are we enough. sure? No, it's it's not as All well right. written. <laughs> <laughs> they were out in the middle of the lake for a little midnight fishing. As you do. As you do. Okay. And while uh, they were out on the water, they saw a light that they described as being brighter than a star. Sure. Okay. Helicopter light? Could be. Okay. That would change color from red to green. Helicopter light? Or Christmas time? Um, Charlie Foltz, who was apparently the dumbest of the four artists. (laughs) Nice. um, And perhaps the entire world. (laughs) 
decided <laughs> that he would signal the light with a flashlight. So he was like, blink, 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 blink. Yeah. And then the light stopped and was like, hello. Did you just say F you? <laughs> yeah, he would. Did you just say? <laughs> what did you just what'd say you to me? What did you say about my mother? <laughs> so immediately after he does this, the creepy flying lights start chasing them. Yeah, because they said something horrible. <laughs> would, would that be your first response to be like, I'm going to cuss out these aliens. <laughs> are you going to flash lights at the strange lights in the sky? Or are you just going to like be like, I'm just going to stare at it and hide for yeah, a bit. Yeah. See right? what comes out. Right? Let's see yeah. how this plays. I, I need to, I need to keep like bird. looking at it. You're like Bird. You're going to yeah. you're gonna wait yeah. for it. I'm going to wait for it. I'm going to wait. <laughs> They did an oppressive paddle to the shore, but did not make it because their paddle boat could not outrun an intergalactic spaceship. Really? They were engulfed in That's a white light. <laughs> and the next thing they knew, they were lying on the shore. Uh-huh. They had lit a fire just before going out onto the lake, and the fire had burned down to, like, embers. So oh, well, that's what fires do. Well, it, it, to imply a lot of time had passed. Depends on the size of the okay. wood and logs. Or how crappy their fire was. Or how crappy their fire was. Or what kind of wood it was. If it was really dry, it burns up real fast. So, so they they wake up next to this fire. That's the first thing they notice. The second thing they notice is the spaceship is still there. <laughs> How about the first thing you notice, the spaceship is still there? So what do you do? I don't really look at a fire and be like, you know what? That's way more interesting than the spaceship right here. You're out on a lake. You see aliens. Mm-hmm. They come after you. They engulf you with white light. Sure. You wake up a moment later on the shore. Mm-hmm. Time has passed. The aliens are still there. What do you do? I run. <laughs> well, if you're dumb Charlie, you pick up that flashlight and you start signaling them again. Uh, I think that didn't work the first time. So that's what he did, apparently. Okay. I would not be friends with Charlie F. No, that guy's a moron. <laughs> dumb dumb. First time he did it, they came after you. <laughs> yeah. Second time, dude, they're going to kill you. <laughs> This time, though, the aliens weren't interested, and they just flew away. Oh, They're okay. like, we're done with you. Like, really? Again? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll okay. We'll call you. We'll call you. <laughs> These guys aren't advanced enough yet. <laughs> they keep flashlighting us. What, what are they doing? What does that even mean? What are they doing? So, weeks later, they all started independently having strange dreams. I can't, I guess you can't dependently or in groups have dreams, but whatever. You can't, you can't dream group? Uh, group yeah. dream? That's not a thing? We can't all just sleep in the same bed and be like, you know what? I had the strangest dream. You did too? You did too? Wow, really? They all apparently (laughs) were having humiliating semen collection dreams. The aliens were insect claws, so I don't really know how the semen collection was happening with the claws. I don't want to know what the claws is. I don't want to know. And the aliens had robot eyes. The insect claw aliens. Yes, they had robot eyes. Had robots. And they were obsessed with that semen. And they really wanted human semen. Yeah. Wow! The egos of these people. So what would you do then? If my eggs were harvested by (laughs) insect claw robot eye aliens aliens. that are hate flashlights. (laughs) That hate flashlights. You know what? I I think I, if I truly believe something like that happened to me, I think I would try to seek severe help, seek mental help. Okay, so you because I think I would crack. You think you've gone crazy? I would think that because of this experience, I'm. My either, head is cracked and I need help. Either you've gone crazy and this didn't happen yeah. or this did happen and you have now gone crazy. Yeah, and I need help. Right. That's not what they did. No, of course not. What did they do? <laughs> they did nothing for 20 years. What? <laughs> <laughs> then they decided to come forward and they all did regression hypnotherapy. Oh, that doesn't work. Where all their stories matched up because they had no time to... They, had uh, no they time didn't to... have 20 years to make these stories match exactly. <laughs> 
And it's not like, and, and as they were all artists, they all drew very similar pictures of these pervy aliens. Oh my God. After 20 years. What? They were all also able to pass polygraph tests, but if you know anything about polygraph tests, that's kind of, yeah, it's not that difficult to do. So do you feel like that after two decades, that's long enough for four people to get their stories straight? You know what? That actually might be too much time. Because after 20 years, I'm sure there's lies, even though they're set into your mindset right. as being the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, they should have a little bit of variances. Yeah. Because when, you, when you're talking about, like, okay, say from a witness stand. Yeah. You have five witnesses who have right. seen the same crime, but they're going to give you completely different stories. That's true. So like if, if you have... Too, if they're too much alike, it's like... Now that's very suspicious. Yeah. That's fully planned out. Right. They shouldn't be exactly like. There should be minute details that are different because each person sees the world differently. Right. Exactly. It doesn't matter your socioeconomic race or whatever. Right. You're going to see things differently. You, yeah, you're seeing it through even if you're, prism. if Even if it's all four white artists. Right. You're, you're still going to see things slightly different than the right. other person because you're not a clone. Exactly. You're not the same exact person. So you think that maybe, maybe, so you think that maybe this was made up? I think that maybe there is a very, <laughs> very high likelihood that this is made up. Okay. So you think this doesn't pass, it doesn't pass the smell test? No, it doesn't. I think it stinks a little like rotting corn. <laughs> I thought it was important then after those two very plausible. <laughs> Alien abduction stories mm-hmm. to talk a little bit about sleep paralysis. Oh, I hate I've I've actually had it before. For those of you who don't know what sleep paralysis is, mm-hmm. it is a condition where the human body does not pass smoothly through the different stages of sleep. Yeah. It is estimated that between nearly forty percent of all people experience some mm-hmm. level of sleep paralysis in their life. And mm-hmm. while it and while it commonly first manifests in adolescence, it can affect people of any age, any mm-hmm. gender, or any race. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody. Essentially, sleep paralysis is a disconnect between your consciousness and your sleeping body. Mm-hmm. So you're awake-ish, yeah, I'm but well your aware. body is still shut down like it's asleep. It was a terrifying experience. Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Right. So, of course, why am I bringing this up right now? Yeah. Why would I bring this up? That's such because a weird, when, random thing for me well, to bring up. Well, speaking from experience, I can tell you, if you happen to suffer from it, you actually feel something else in the room with you. That's right. And you cannot <laughs> move. I remember, like, tears coming out of my eyes, but that's all that could happen. I was so scared, and it felt like there was something right what there. Was the, what was the thing that you thought was there? Was I couldn't, it aliens? I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure it out. But it was I, just an entity. But I knew something was there, right. and I was extremely scared because, like I said, I couldn't move. Well, and it just so happens that the two most common mm-hmm. things when describing an alien abduction are paralysis right. in a sense of something being in yes, the Yes, in a presence. In a yes. presence. Which the it, only thing that got me through that was it was 8 in the morning. Right. <laughs> yeah, that probably know, would help. That yeah. was really the only thing that got me through that. And I'm not saying, I'm not here to poo-poo on you mm-hmm. if you've had an abduction story. And if you've had an abduction story, oh my gosh. Please let us to, know. Please let me know. But We are trying to find real abduction stories. Yeah. But it's important to realize that with sleep paralysis, this is this paralysis and this feeling of something in the room. It, it used to happen a lot with demons and ghosts. Yeah, yeah. And then in the 70s, it started becoming more alien. Right. And that's around the time when a lot of famous books were coming out mm-hmm. about alien abductions. Yeah. It was after, it was post, um, it was post the nuclear age mm-hmm. where everyone was very paranoid about space. And we, we had just gone out because we had just gone to the moon like a few years earlier. Yeah. So space and aliens were very much on the mind. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, 
prior to that kind of scientific outbreak, it was more of a metaphysical nature. You don't yeah. see a lot of alien abductions prior to 1940-whatever. Right. Before then, it was more demons and yeah. vampires and Stuff ghosts. Stuff you knew. Because mm-hmm. it was a more of a superstitious uh, yeah. age. Yeah. And I can definitely understand that. Like I said, having experienced it, I can yeah, definitely understand Yeah, I'm sure, oh, I'm sure it. it's terrifying. Yeah. But, like, before we jump yeah. right to the supernatural, we also have to explore yes. that our bodies are assholes. Um, For sure. <laughs> for sure. And but there, but there are people who believe that sleep paralysis can also be real. Like, it could be, like, a... a, a a psychological thing. Okay. And it could also be a paranormal thing. Uh, no, no, it's it's not both, guys. And in <laughs> his book, C.K. Quarterman, in his book, Fallen Angels, he provides a helpful list of what are the non-paranormal <laughs> and what are the paranormal sleep paralysis, just okay. so you know. Okay, let's see. Which am I? So according to him, non-paranormal <laughs> sleep paralysis is the result of sleeping on your back. Yeah, I was, I woke up in that position, yes. Stress. Yeah. Yes. Excessive alcohol consumption. You know, it might have been a four loco thing. <laughs> coupled with the lack of sleep. Always. And drugs. I don't take drugs. Okay. So that so that's that's non-paranormal. Yeah, that's probably mine. Now, let's see what the symptoms for paranormal are. Okay. It could be the result of demons. Nope. Psychic rape. Whoa. Interdimensional or astral teleportation. Good God. Or fallen angels disguised. As extraterrestrials. You know, I don't buy his paranormal side. <laughs> I like how he did it. He's like, no, there's no aliens. But there are fallen angels <laughs> who will pretend to be aliens. <laughs> In order to do what exactly? Probe you and collect your semen? <laughs> With their insect-clawed hands. Ah, uh, good God. So I just thought, I thought I'd bring that up, though, just because our show today, Farscape, is about a man encountering a far different universe yes. than what we know. New aliens. He wasn't going out there to explore aliens, guys. He was just testing his technology rocket ship. Yeah, yeah. Which was only supposed to orbit the world. Yeah, it was just to orbit the world. Mm-hmm. It was supposed what it said it sets up. He is part of IASA. IASA International. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> um and I believe it actually is supposed to be Australia. Okay. And he and his friend DK have developed this theory that you could have a spaceship mm-hmm. kind of slide or something on slingshot. Slingshot on the Earth's atmosphere. Yeah. Which would like propel using the the gravity in Earth's atmosphere makes you go faster. Yeah, and it would propel you right. uh, through space, so you could do uh, interuniversal travel. Yeah, interspace first travel. step. Yeah, so the show starts off with that. He is attempting it. Mm-hmm. He has taken off his Cthulhu pineapple shirt. <laughs> yeah, that was weird, right? <laughs> was a weird shirt. Oh, uh, remember the, the good old days with Magnum when we tried to figure out Rick's shirts? Oh, man. Oh, man. What if we did, like, just, like, a, a random Magnum and Murder, She Wrote in this? Because <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing the pilots. We've already done that. Yeah, we already did those. But... He gets slung off into space. He enters a worm. He hits an electromagnetic wave. Not a radiation wave. Which is not anything that he was doing himself, I don't believe. I don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe that was like the effect. Because why would it just suddenly appear? Yeah, he was doing his thing, and this thing came, and Mm -hmm. it opened up a wormhole. He's thrown across trillions of light years. Yeah. Actually, he couldn't have made it. Otherwise, they would have made another one with Moya when he. Yeah, because that, that was his time. thing. That's like yeah. the, that's the uh, the outlier yeah. that he can't recreate. Exactly. And I believe, if I remember the show correctly, that's what they're always looking for is like right. that same wave, so he can do it again. Yeah. So yeah, he ends up 
stranded mm-hmm. in the, he ends up in the middle of a space fight mm-hmm. a prowler which is the spaceship like one of like the like the x-wing of or imagine the, TIE the empire fighter. it's basically the empire yeah it's basically the empire it's Except like a, australian run and not british run and new zealand, and new zealand. It's, a, it's a joint effort it's a joint effort a uh, spaceship hits him crashes into an asteroid that person's dead yeah he gets tractor beamed into this giant ship mm-hmm. and that's the setup. And that's how it begins hey i have a question sure it's not really related to anything. Yeah. But it's been on my mind for about three days now. Oh, God. So, empire is spelled with an E. Yeah. But imperial is spelled with an I. Yeah. And empirical is an E. Right. Why? God, you, you would ask that while we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've just I, been thinking I about think it. I think it has something to do with, like, root languages. Like, okay. how or like the Roman language has been, like, or... Right, but why? It's the same word, basically. Just describing people or things. I think it's just the way it's the disambiguation of the word, like slight variations. Hmm. I I don't know. I don't know. Why would you ask me that right now? (laughs) (laughs) Because you seem to have all the answers, honey. Why don't you have the answer to this? So thank you. Thank you for highlighting my ignorance. Okay. All right. (laughs) That's awesome. You're welcome. But so, okay, so how'd you feel about Farscape? watching it right now you know what i were you worried going in i was it? extremely worried i thought okay. oh this is going to be so dated and i'm it's probably going to be one of the worst shows we've ever watched and we're going to be like oh my god i can't believe you've been telling people yes. for years that this is a good show yes i was very concerned right. about it mm-hmm. but going in and actually having watched it mm-hmm. it's not that bad well, you know we've watched tng which okay guys i'm sorry it has problems yeah, it definitely... A lot of problems. And, and again, we're basing this on, like, a first episode. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what happens in episode two. He no. could have a harem. I don't know. Like, yeah. I, I don't remember. I don't remember, actually. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think it ever goes there. I think it's actually pretty progressive because right. you have Zan, mm-hmm. who is a plant woman. She's a... And an anarchist. An anarchist. And she's a, she's a strong female character. Right. Um, mm-hmm. She owns her sexuality. Right. It's, like, part of her religion or whatever. Yeah. You have Aaron Soon, who is also a, a very strong commando commando type mm-hmm. character. She's more than just a soldier. She, right. She's she's um not manipulative, but she's very intelligent. Yes, clever. Clever. Mm-hmm. When I thought just going into this, even in the first scene before they even go into space, right? When he's talking to his friend. Uh, DK. Yeah, the guy who should not be he's, played by that actor. Oh my God, he is. The that most, was so. Poorly cast. He's the most 90s person I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. He's I was like, thinking he was going to get on a skateboard and drive on a... <laughs> He's got, like, the weird bowl cut yeah. and the gold earring. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're, they're having a discussion about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And right there from the beginning, already the editing mm-hmm. was more dynamic than what I'm yes. used to with, like, Star Trek, mm-hmm. which it seems generally has a steady kind of shot. Right. And you have two characters in the shot. And they're talking and mm-hmm. walking and talking or whatever they're doing. This, there was lots of cuts. So even though the mm-hmm. conversation was very jargon-heavy exposition, right? they were making it very dynamic. Like yeah. sharp cuts. Like mm-hmm. you could, you're getting right in their faces and right. like what they were talking about. So it, it, it gave it already a, a lot more life to it mm-hmm. than just like a static shot of people talking. Exactly. Another <laughs> thing I, I really liked about this. Okay. And I, I am not in any way going to defend 
the computer-generated images in this. Oh, show. no. No, no. The CG is horrible, and I mean, I'm fairly certain they use the same you, shots over and over again. Oh, yeah. It's like yeah. it's like uh, Flintstones when like they're <laughs> running, and it's like the same background. Keeps yeah. Coming. It's like this, it's that. It's like cheap. It's mm-hmm. They reuse shots all the time. Yeah. Again, we're talking about 1999. Yeah. Uh, I think it was on Sci-Fi or whatever. Right. Was that what the channel was called? Was it called Sci-Fi? No, even then? I'm not sure even... it was called Sci-Fi I think then. it was called like the Science Fiction Channel or something weird. Yeah, it was something weird. <laughs> That's so weird. So weird. <laughs> but <laughs> Wasn't abbreviated. What? What I'm saying is the CG is what you would expect from 1999. Yeah. What I liked, though, mm-hmm. is at the beginning when he's in his little module, when he's Earth-adjacent. Earth yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The the CG's really bad. Oh yeah. It's really bad. It's kind of sloppy. It looks very green screeny. Right. It looks like a model, like practical models, like mm-hmm. set over a green screen. When he goes through the wormhole though, yeah. the graphics immediately change yeah. and make it more fluid, right. more more impressive. Okay. I, in twenty twenty Right. Not as impressive, but right. in 1999, there was a distinct difference between... Yes. I guess the, way, the best way I could describe it is, like, when he's Earth-adjacent, mm-hmm. it's more Star Trek Next Generation right. kind of uh, special effects. Right. When he goes through the wormhole, it becomes, two thousand like, 21st century yeah. television yeah. CG. Yeah. It's much better. Yeah. And it really helps to show the difference in like, technology yeah how alien this would be mm-hmm. like there's a lot of that even with the music in the show which is oh, weird that music is weird <laughs> it, it it goes from like weird alien chantings yeah. and screams of right. opera yeah and then it's very there's some weird rock music happening there's weird rock music happening yeah there's some moments that are very lana del rey yeah they're like <laughs> ambient sleepiness of yes it. like it almost kind of lulls you uh-huh and as i was watching i was like but i like that because mm-hmm. it gets you more in Crichton's head yeah and i think there is a theory that Crichton did go crazy Right. Like, he's so far out of his element that he just has lost it at this point. Right. And nothing keeps you grounded. Like right. You're always constantly like, this is weird. The music's weird. Mm-hmm. The angles are sometimes Dutch angles. Yeah. And everything's a little off kilter and mm-hmm. nothing quite makes sense. So I right. really kind of enjoyed that about the show. I don't I think too. it works for everyone. Right. But, but I like that. Yeah, I enjoyed it immensely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so he... It's still, though, a lot cheesier than I remember. Was it though? Yes, uh-huh. yes, it was. It's it's still a lot cheesier. Well, on a but che- nowhere near as uh, TNG level. Yes, I was gonna no. say on a on a. I think this was. A, but a, then again, I'm not insulting TNG. I think the no, people no, no. who loved it, you know, grew up watching it, and right. it was so new and impressive, right. and and progressive for them. Right. But I think somebody like me coming in in my thirties. Yeah. <laughs> you know, looking watching this now is like, really? Yeah. I'm not I'm not really understanding it. Right. So I think the same thing could be said about Farscape too. Right. It's like I think you have to have grown up with it in order to really appreciate it. Yeah, I well, and that's something I'm going to talk about a little later. Mm-hmm. But going off of what you're saying, I think Farscape was a step forward, a big step forward yeah. from what what Star Trek was, what we knew as science fiction television. Mm-hmm. Which I, I don't know how much other science fiction television was really going on. I mean, Doctor Who, I guess. But, yeah. but again, Doctor Who is not... It was still those cardboard yeah. sets at it that really time. It really was. You know, so it was a huge leap forward. And I think Farscape does seem quaint and a little cheesy by today's standards. Right. And I think the next step forward was probably 
Battlestar Galactica, the, the mid-2000s yeah. version, which kind of took it another step forward and made mm-hmm. it more real and like right. dr- dramatic. And we're like, we could take this seriously. We could mm-hmm. put some real money behind it. Right. We could tell some really cool stories. So I don't think, I don't think, I, I don't see a world where it goes from TNG, original mm-hmm. series, Star Trek to updated Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, no, there has to be Without something mm-hmm. in between. And I think Farscape kind of fits that in-between right. moment. So Crichton ends up on this spaceship, which we learn is a living spaceship, mm-hmm. which is kind of ripped off from X-Men comics, but that's okay. <laughs> and, and, I mean, he is very much, not as much in this episode as I remember him being. Okay. He's very much a prototype of Star-Lord. Yes. He's yeah. full of quips. Yeah, He's... that that gets further on as yeah. the character develops. In this first one, not so much. But I don't think there's the, could... there's the hint of it. There's a, yeah. But there's no way he can be this quippy in this situation. Right. And now is another If he was, that would be completely unrealistic. It'd be completely unrealistic. His mm-hmm. quips don't actually start until he starts getting more settled. Yes. And there and where he's more in a position where he's forced to accept his situation. Exactly. Then he again, maybe he's going crazy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's actually pretty serious for like the first half of it. Yeah. But you definitely see signs of Star Lord in there. It's a lot mm-hmm. of pop culture references. A yeah. lot of pop culture references that probably don't, maybe people don't know as much as anymore. <laughs> they don't land very well. <laughs> they don't yeah. land very well. But I enjoyed him as a character. Did you mm-hmm. like him as a character? How oh, yes. I love Crichton. Okay. <laughs> yes, I love Crichton. You carried this torch with you for yes. a long time. Yes, yeah. I have. Yes, I love Crichton. But as like a fictional character, I liked how he's portrayed. I think he does show a good idealistic version of humanity. Yes, yes, he does. Because we're, we're thrown into the situation. Oh, and first of all, there's Muppets in this show. There's Muppets, guys. You're so, welcome. So the way you feel about this show may also hinge on how well you can accept Muppets with human beings. Yes, and I love it. <laughs> I, so, so let's go into like the alien. So he ends up on the ship. Turns out this is a prison transport ship. Mm-hmm. Huge ship that only has three prisoners on it. Yeah. We got Zan, who I said before is a blue plant woman. Yeah. We have Cal Dargo, who is... Kind of a Klingon. He's a Krogan Klingon, guys. He's basically a sort of a Klingon-ish, yeah. like warrior race type yeah. thing. But a little bit different than Klingons, though. I'm not sure how to describe Well, I it. don't like Klingons, and I'm tolerable with oh, Kadargo. Okay. okay, so he, he's... He so, hits, so he's a little bit, uh, slightly better. <laughs> and, and, and then you got Rigel. And Rigel is our main Muppet. Yep, he's a frog guy with hair. He's a frog guy with hair, big eyebrows, Mm -hmm. and Crane's basically assembling his D&D party at this point. Yes, and it's a perfect team. He's got a cleric, it's a well-balanced party. He's got a cleric, he's got a warrior, he's got a rogue. Yep. I still don't know, I guess Aaron would be a DPS. Aaron's going to be the tank. Aaron's the tank, you think? Not Dargo? Well, there's kind of two tanks there. I see, I saw her more as like a ranger or... No, she's up close. I guess she is. Mm-hmm. What is Crichton, though? I don't know what Crichton is. He's just like a level one he's character. Just... <laughs> <laughs> he's probably like a... Hmm. I what don't know. What, I don't what exactly know. would it be? Because he's more, show, he's more scientific and not exactly warrior-ish. Well, and that's another... So maybe he's the wizard. You know, he could be a wizard. He's the wizard. Yeah, he could be. Because, like, his, his science is magic. Yeah. yeah, science is magic. And that was another thing I really liked about this show mm-hmm. is... They made him a scientist. Yes. Now, granted, his science is way outdated compared to way everything he's experiencing. <laughs> yeah. But 
he's not your typical human either. And he's able to pick it up quite quickly. And he picks it up really quickly. Yeah. At one point, when they tried the slingshot move with Moya. Yeah. Did I say Moya was the living spaceship? Oh, yeah. Moya is a living spaceship. It's like a basically a big whale in yeah. space. Yeah. It's and, and it has a symbiotic relationship with. With its pilot. With pilot. And that's mm-hmm. his name is pilot. Mm-hmm. When they do it, he's like, I need a piece of paper. I need to do this now. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, it's really cool. And they're making science awesome. Yeah. Like, it's action science, and the music's swelling, yeah. and he's, he doesn't have he's paper. He's sciencing as hard as he can. He's sciencing as hard as he can. He doesn't <laughs> have any paper, so he just takes, like, a piece of chalk, and he's on the ground. Yeah. And he's sketching it out, and he's like, making okay, this is what you're He's making the trajectory. And yeah. I'm like, okay, this is all well and good, but y- how are, do you know how big that planet is? See, is that was admi- my question <laughs> with it, because, like, I think Moya is completely different dimensions than your little white pod yeah, ship. Yeah, well, not to mention the atmosphere of that planet. Yeah. You're... you're and thrusters. Are... You don't even know what a Hetch 9 is. I don't know what a Hetch 9 yeah. is. How fast is Hetch 9? <laughs> yeah, Hetch 9, Hetch 2. This means nothing this to means me. This means nothing to me. <laughs> and... Hetch 10 H. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, so, like, that was kind of funny. So, like, in the moment, you can definitely get lost in the moment and uh-huh. be like, yeah, man, science, let's get out of here. Let's get away from these right. bad guys. But um, when you think back, I'm like, what? What is that? has more nitrogen in it than right. our, you know, or more oxygen or more carbon dioxide. Yeah. Like, their atmosphere is going to be different. Maybe and... it's a larger planet, so therefore gravity is heavier and it's not going to slingshot you as well. Yeah, so your speed going into yeah. it, like, how do you know the angle you need mm-hmm. to go? Like, he would need to know a lot of variables exactly. that I don't think he would have had the chance no, to not, have. No, <laughs> not in the slightest. And another thing that I think makes him a, a compelling and good protagonist mm-hmm. is, like I said, you have these three prisoners are all of different races Mm -hmm. and they're pretty much at each other's throats they're well they're prisoners they're prisoners they're not there because they like each other new you know but they are in a we are stuck together situation and they are all trying to escape yeah and then uh we also have aaron soon okay Mm -hmm. we should mention the empire group is called called the the peacekeepers which is a great name yeah uh for for a kind of a fascist the peace kind of a fascist Mm -hmm. group yeah and the peacekeepers look human. Yes. Crichton is initially mistaken for one. Yeah. And I think we find out in later episodes, like, they're cold-blooded or something. Like, there's something... Physiologically, they're different, but... Oh, okay. Like, an internal physiology is different, right. but their external physiology is the same. Okay. So, he's... Immediately, they, the alien alien people mm-hmm. don't trust him because they think yeah. he's one of them. The Sebations are what they're called. Yeah. Aaron is a Sebation, so then there's... There's a nice little weird conflict going on mm-hmm. with Crichton. Who do I trust here? Right. Who do I side with? Who do I side do with? Do I side with the person who looks like me? Do I? Yeah. And that's <laughs> a good, that's a perfect sci-fi question. Yeah. Do you just follow the people because they look like you? Yeah, exactly. Are you comfortable with her because just because she looks like you mm-hmm. or because she actually has your best uh, yeah, in, or in, because she's doing the right thing. She's doing the right thing. Yeah, he it, ends up siding with the aliens because they're doing the right thing. But but prior to that though, he also knows that the aliens are prisoners. He does yeah. not know why they are prisoners. No, he doesn't know what their crimes were. Yeah, so it's like who do I side mm-hmm. with? And there's at one point where he helps her escape mm-hmm. from their imprisonment from the prisoners. Yeah. And he's like, whoa, I think I'm on the wrong team here. Because she's like, yeah. I'm going to kill them all. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, whoa, whoa, they haven't hurt us. They haven't done anything. Yeah. All they've done is imprison us. Yeah. And I like that he's always thinking on his feet like mm-hmm. that. And then there's a moment they go down to a planet and they get captured by the peacekeepers. Aaron has been thrown in with them. Yes. Because they have a 
uh, uh, alien contact quarantine about it. And if you've spent too much time with an alien life form, they're going to kill you because they feel like you've been contaminated. Yes. You're in Cootie Town. You're in Cootie Town. So she's been cast out by the race that's, like, raised her. Yeah. And Crichton's captured because the spaceship that blew up after it hit him Mm -hmm. was basically the Darth Vader's brother. Yeah. (laughs) And then Caldargo, he's a prisoner, so he's captured. And they have this, like, one moment there, which I really liked, where they're all handcuffed. Crichton gets the key to mm-hmm. get them out. And he's like, okay, take me with you to Dargo. He's like, take me yeah. with you. And he's like, Ugh, okay, I'll take you with you. Right. And he's like, oh, and you also have to take her, even yeah. though she's of this race that, like, hates you. Yeah. And he's like, well, he's like, I can deal with you. I'm not taking her. And he's yeah. like, either we all go or we don't go. Yeah. And Aaron says to him, she's like, what are you talking about? He's a prisoner. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we're all prisoners now. Yeah. And it's just a really good moment of like bringing the band together mm-hmm. that I, that I enjoy. Yeah, exactly. You know, it doesn't mean everything's going to be smooth sailing from here on out, but mm-hmm. you, we have our characters that are in a, like a similar situation. Exactly. And, and it just, it just has a lot of potential to go in different places. Mm-hmm. You know, you have very wildly different characters. Exactly. Who are, not friends with one another that are forced to deal exactly. with each other. But it's also not completely heavy, as there are helium farts. Oh, there's absolutely yeah. helium farts. Helium farts. No, there's plenty of jokes in it. But I did love Rigel's um, thing where he's trying to take Crichton's stuff, and he goes, oh, are you a heavy sleeper? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just laughs and just kind of glides away on his <laughs> dumb little floating, floating throne. <laughs> floating throne. Yeah, I like <laughs> Rigel as a character. Yeah. And I remember reading one time Ben Browder saying about him like mm-hmm. how does he make this work with this literal muppet yeah and and if, from what i understand it was a huge rig to even do i it. bet and ben browder was just like you just had to get up in his face you have yeah. to pretend like you have to believe that he's real <laughs> and if you believe that he's real other people will believe yeah. he's real and i think he does sell it you, oh yeah you don't really think about rigel being a puppet yeah that much yeah all. that's true you know mm-hmm. and i think it's based on the other people around him not treating him like he's a puppet or being like, this yeah. is stupid, this looks weird. Yeah. Like, if you believe it, you know, it works. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another thing I really liked about the show is how realistic I felt mm-hmm. Crichton's reactions were yeah. to space. Yeah, I thought they were pretty good reactions. <laughs> I think it's tempting in some sci-fi to be like, we don't care at all. Yeah. Like, I've been abducted, and, like, I'm just, like you said, quippy McQuippleton yeah. right away, and this isn't really phasing me. Like, yeah. this crazy thing. And he doesn't, and then there's also the temptation to be, like, they freak out. And yeah. they're just screaming, and they're like, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on. I think he has a nice middle ground of yeah. how he's reacting to it. It works with his character mm-hmm. as a scientist. Mm-hmm. Where there's scenes where he's just standing and staring at things. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's not freaking out right he's just kind of he's in, absorbing he's absorbing everything mm-hmm. just like in awe of it mm-hmm. and and i and i like that and it really puts him in the world and it's soon after those kind of moments that he does start relaxing as a character and yeah. having more jokes and whatever mm-hmm. getting back to his normal self so do you want to hear what other people had to say of course about this show of course first of all we got our we got our poo pooers okay we got this is from Discerning One. Mm-hmm. Get it? The, the Discerning One? The dis- oh, yeah. Actually, now I do. <laughs> Get it? Yeah. This is really recent. This is from May 
23rd of this year. Wow, that's real recent. Yes. Okay. They say it's abysmal. Sure. If you've just watched Picard or Discovery, it might be. Yeah, again, yeah. Yeah, you have to have an open mind to these things. Yeah. So like, you can't judge old film or TV mm-hmm. show based on what's happening now. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's not fair. No, it's not. Everything about the first episode of this show is abysmal. Yeah. Acting, dialogue, costumes, Muppets, <laughs> sets, plot, music, special effects, characters, etc. I don't think you even need the etc. I think they covered wow, it all Wow, I there. think that's all it. I mean, <laughs> unless you were upset against the shadows. Yeah, right. In other shows, cheap and at times cheesy can be pulled off well. Like what? Feeling like a true universe despite budget and technical limitations. Okay. For example, classic Doctor Who. Never seen the classic ones. I've never. We should watch those. I don't know. <laughs> Red Dwarf, which I vaguely remember. It was like a comedy space show from Britain. We should watch it. It would okay. probably be up our alley. Okay. Uh, and Babylon 5. Which Babylon, we still haven't seen. Still haven't seen. People are talking a lot about that show. Yeah. We can buy I did find out we can buy it. I don't want to buy anything. I and I don't want our listeners to have to buy, buy anything. Buy something. I want it to be. Should be easily accessible. Exactly. Oh, and by the way, Farscape is available on Amazon. Oh, yeah. Video. Totally. Mm-hmm. Farscape just feels cheap, childish, and cheesy. Okay. The banter and humor are banal. Ooh. The exposition are dumps. Are be anal? <laughs> <laughs> They really crack you up. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes words are stupid. They're uh, banal. You mean be anal? I think this person's being very hoity-toity. Being very be anal. Yeah. This person's <laughs> being very be anal. The exposition dumps are completely forced. The soundtrack is completely inappropriate and uninspiring. Avoid at all costs. Dang. That is Dang. rough stuff. And That's I, a burn. And I don't think I agree with any of it, really. Like... I agree. You know what? Okay, so I'm trying to to feel like how would I feel if I watched a show now without okay w- w- that appreciation for what it was. And that I was gonna, I, I have this exact, but go ahead. Yeah. So I'm I'm trying to think of it, and you know what? This if I watched it just now, I think I would have said a lot of the same things. However, I think I would have continued watching because some of the like Crichton is very intriguing. This was this is this is what I said. This is I wrote it down for our green light red light oh, okay. thing. I said, "Would I green light this?" And I said, "At the time, if I were watching this mm-hmm. contemporary in 1999, yes, I would." Yeah. Knowing what I know happens in the future of the show, like is this episode maybe a little slow? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, but if knowing what I know comes later in the show, yeah. yes, I would green light this. Like be like, "Yeah, I know where this is going. This is right. going to be great." And then I said, if I saw it completely new, completely raw right now, yeah. with no other context, I'm not saying I wouldn't greenlight it, yeah. but I don't know that I would. Like, yeah. I don't know. It would have to be definitely uh, modernized. You would have to know what you were getting into. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't, I think it is very possibly could turn people off. Yeah, yeah. So I think... This is... This is... <sighs> For I, a sci-fi show, it's kind of unique. It's kind of yeah. in its own thing, like I, I which think, is impressive. I think even in 1999, it would have been a risk to yeah. make this show. And it only went for four seasons. And those were struggled seasons. I remember the last two seasons, they struggled for each one. Yeah, I think it was like, yeah. and then it gets got unceremoniously canceled on yeah. a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. And then, like we said before, fan petitions yep. always bring these things back. This <laughs> fan petition brought it back for yeah. at least a, a closure, a miniseries, mm-hmm. so that, you know, we could see the end of the story exactly and then since then there's been comic books Mm -hmm. that have taken on more of the story as well which is kind of cool written by the rock nias o'bannon oh wow has he done anything else 
I don't know. I should probably look that up. Yeah. Would have been nice if that I had That would have been a nice answer for me. <laughs> That's twice you haven't been an- able to answer questions <laughs> I've asked today. <laughs> I'm very sorry. So if anyone knows why empirical <laughs> and imperial... It's not that important, and, guys. And, and I just feel like they should all be E's or all be I's. Make um, up your mind, English. Come on. I mean, seriously. And we also want to know what Rock and the SO Band is up to. Yeah. All right. Our second review is from Jess V. It's an awful show in every conceivable way. <laughs> Why did people like this show? <laughs> I recently got turned on to... Oh. Nice. Oh, hello. Ooh, let's see where this is going. <laughs> I never thought it would happen to me. <laughs> I recently got turned on to the Joss Whedon's, they wrote Josh, Josh, Josh Whedon's epic TV show Firefly and was extremely depressed when I realized that it was canceled after one season. I don't think it made one season. I think it was 13 no, episodes. I think, yeah. Even with the awesome follow-up movie Serenity, I don't know why they're putting quotation marks in all this. It's not how you mm. do that. Come on. I could, uh, I could not help feel cheated. And so I started searching the net for a viable alternative to quench my sci-fi thirst. It's going to stop you there, Jess. Yeah. If you're into Firefly a lot, mm-hmm. this is not Firefly. This is not Firefly. No. This is a completely different... Firefly uh, is a Western sci-fi. Yeah. This is sci-fi sci-fi. And you can like both. Yeah. But Firefly is as much like Farscape as Firefly is like Star Trek The Next Generation. Exactly. They're completely Wildly different, different shows. Mm-hmm. So you cannot... Just because space is involved doesn't mean they're the same. Exactly. I was directed to the show Farscape, and the premise seemed cool. That was unfortunately the only cool experience (laughs) I had with Farscape. Basically, everything sucks. Ah. The main character, John Crichton. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh Is she going to? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh Uh-oh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's that next word? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's that word? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Is somebody going to hate on my bitch? Bitch. Yeah. Uh, yes, she's about to hate on your bitch. Mm. The main character, John Crichton, quote unquote, sucks. What? And he cannot act. That... Well. <laughs> <laughs> well. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Okay. I don't think he's that bad. No, he's not bad. Oh, my God. Compared to a lot of sci-fi no. acting, he's head yeah. and shoulders a bit yeah. better. Uh, the supporting cast is an annoyingly zen blue woman. A Klingon lookalike, <laughs> a Muppet, and an angry commando woman. Oh, somebody's sexist. The evil guys, the peacekeepers, are so derivative <laughs> that it is almost embarrassing. They're all derivative in sci-fi. Yes, yeah, seriously. They're basically a slightly Nazi-looking so version of the So what about Empire. the dudes with the hands blue? Same damn thing. Yeah, it's all... Yeah. It's the same thing. Right. They're always Nazis in space. Exactly. It's always a fascist it's thing. It's always Nazis in space. It's always like a metaphor for, yeah. for totalitarian exactly. regimes. Exactly. All the bad guys are exactly the same. The ship they fly about in, in is alive and has a mind of its own, which is extremely stupid since it is always about to die from some laughable threat. Oh, you don't like space whales? What's wrong with you? Yeah, man. God, stop making fun of animals. Also, the science is just dumb. <laughs> well, well, yeah. <laughs> 1999 science. But but Firefly science was freaking flawless. Oh, yeah. Terraforming, sure. Remember all that science they had in... in, Oh, wait. During the train heist, all that science. Yeah. Yeah. Remember Malcolm Reynolds, the famous scientist? Oh, yes. And and remember the whorehouse full of scientists? Oh, so scientific. So scientific. This is actually... This person would be better watching a Western. 
Yeah. Like, straight up. Like, that's what yeah. it was. Like, it's just a Western in space. Maybe they'd like Cowboys versus Aliens. Maybe they would. Because I love Cowboys <laughs> versus Aliens. This is actually much more fantasy than sci-fi. I still don't know what you were watching with Firefly, then. Yeah. What are... Because... Firefly has no science in it. None. Like, zero. That's like saying Star Wars is sci-fi. Yeah. Just because it happens in space does, does not make, mean it's sci-fi. Exactly. It's, it's space opera. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantasy. Yeah. The sound and music is terrible, and yeah. the writing and plot mind-numbingly dumb. <laughs> I was amazed that basically every review on the net praises <laughs> this piece of crap. And as a last note for you, Farscape Whoa, fans... Whoa, oh, hey, no need to come after me. Whoa. Wow. personal. Wow. Okay, now you just broke that line. Let's find out what they said. I got nothing against Muppets. I like them. This just isn't a good show in any way at all. Period. Wow. So I guess uh, they were seeing reviews where people were like, if you, you don't, like, don't it, you, like it, you, you, can't get pa- you can't get past the Muppets. Oh, okay. I so, feel like you can. So they're defending themselves, okay. saying like, no, it's not the Muppets, it's everything else. Oh, okay. Right. But like, man, that person's just watching Firefly and what year did they write that? 2020. 2011. 2011. Mm. Mm. Okay. Mm. Okay, I thought it was 2020, so I was going to say, if you're just watching Firefly now, <laughs> <laughs> I probably didn't watch Firefly till. Nice. Then or later, yeah, maybe it's even. Yeah, later. Yeah. Because we watched the movie first. Yeah, we didn't know it was a TV show. Yeah. yeah. Which worked actually well for that. Yeah. You didn't need the TV show. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, this is Imzadi76. So we know we got a sci fi fan here. All right, Imzadi. <laughs> All right. Uh, can I get a hell yeah? <laughs> Either you love Farscape or you hate it. I love how either you do or you don't. Well,. That's, you know what? That's true with everything. Either you like food or you don't. No, I don't think there's anything in between. I love it. <laughs> and even after more than 15 years, it's still one of my favorite shows for many reasons. And I rewatch like every two years. Wow, really? I wouldn't. I, I, well, I'll say right now, I, I'll watch them. Well, we're we, watching Deep Space Nine right now, but when we're done with Deep Space Nine, I'll totally watch these. Yeah, we're going to have to. I'm going to have to force myself to yeah. make it past Crichton's death and follow clone Crichton. <laughs> Farscape, it's yeah, like a big plot point that you've been spoiling for everybody for like weeks now. Well, it is ambiguous enough that you can decide if the real Crichton died yeah. or if the clone Crichton died. Yeah. For me, the real Crichton died because based on his character, that would be how he goes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Char- and besides, I'm not spoiling something that's 20 years old. <laughs> right. Uh, this, is, this, this is, yeah, I can't. This is something that I, I do uh, 100% agree with. Farscape is absolutely crazy. Yeah. Which, again, I really like because it feels mm-hmm. more alien to me. The whole show just feels like, yeah. why are we, like, limiting ourselves to other humanoid things? Like, yeah. why? Well, I mean, they kind of are, but they're not, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it just feels like, it, it feels like the galaxy's way weirder and stranger. There's, like... That yeah. big crab monster who's like a, right. a salesman in a bazaar. Like, <laughs> yeah. just weird. Right. Like, steam comes out of his mouth. It's yeah. like, what is this? Who's to say what's out in the universe, you know? So, yeah. like, this really feels like it's pushing that envelope of what could be. Let's yeah. think of the craziest thing and then we'll go with it. Exactly. Uh, it's smart, sexy, funny, and heartbreaking, which I agree with yeah. a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. It, it does have that nice balance of heart and comedy yeah. and adventure mm-hmm. that I like. Uh, there are no resets with the shows. Characters mm-hmm. grow, they change, and evolve. Yeah. Actions have consequences. Mm-hmm. And when you think you have seen everything in the genre, Farscape does something new. 
This is true. It has an epic story and even more epic love story to tell. Yes, it needs some time to get into, but don't dismiss it because of it, or worse, because it has puppets. There you go. <laughs> okay. And I think I do remember, I think the earlier seasons do more like of a monster of the week kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, they do. Where, or or mm-hmm. sci-fi yeah. trope, yeah. 642, you know, like yeah. this is happening. So it does take a, it does feel a little derivative, I think, at first. Right. But then it finds its own legs and becomes more its own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, season one. This is from The No Names. And oh, this is from 2019. 2019, okay. so relatively recent. I've always slept in until forced to wake up in the morning. Well, yeah. But for a couple of weeks now, I have been waking up early every day just to watch part of an episode over coffee. Man, that sounds great. I got through the first episode because it's an older show. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, and I want to stress, it is an older show, and it's going to mm-hmm. feel, if you've never seen it before. Right. That first, like, and that's why, yeah. for the purposes of our podcast, I'm reluctant to say I'd greenlight it. Yeah. Because, like, I know I say, yes, I'd greenlight it, but it's also I do have that knowledge of yeah. what comes. Well, it's still our problem with Supernatural, too. We yeah. hated that pilot episode. It I was would, awful. There was no way I would have There was no way I would have kept going. Yeah, I would have been like, no, this is garbage. But we got through that episode, and yeah. then it ended up being really good. And we can always listen to John A., who is like, yeah. get through that first Witcher episode, and you'll love it. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, oh... But, like, for the purposes of what we're doing yeah, here, I, I'm very, can't. this one's very hard for me mm-hmm. because I'm not sure if I would greenlight it in 2020. Exactly. I like the premise and was interested in things to come. Then it just kept getting better and better. It really does. There is an episode I still remember. It's called Liars, Guns, and Thieves. It's like <laughs> a three-part almost movie right. in season two, and it's still some of the best <laughs> I, or, I don't remember. I don't even remember what it's about. I right. just remember watching it at the time being like, this is like the best yeah. thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I am so glad that I watched this from the beginning since episodes are sequenced. Mm-hmm. The show builds and there are references. Mm-hmm. Only two episodes out of 22 weren't great. Two. Wow. The reviewer who said the show is more than it appears to be was right. Mm-hmm. It is. I am early again this morning looking forward to season two. And then we have a really quick one from also 2019. It's mm-hmm. Irreplaceable by, the, oh, by also the new names. <laughs> oh, it's the same dude. Same dude. He's just writing yeah. better, more reviews. Oh, a week later, he wrote this. I didn't even do that on purpose. He says, Irreplaceable. This show is so special, I don't have the skills to write a review that would do it justice. Wow. So he, so going on. He came on, back on there twice. So that means that he was on season two at that point. Uh-huh. And that's why I was told that Liars, Guns, and Thieves episode. Right. You probably watched it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, our big thing, like, our, our thoughts. Like, what, what do you, does it go to series? I just don't know. I, I mean, don't know if I can in good conscience. Based on this first episode, probably not. Yeah, I don't think. You know, it's not that strong of an episode. It has all of the benchmarks of what will make it good. Yes. And it does get intense. But, like, based just on, mm-hmm. and I think it does, everything, was it the no-names who said it has, oh, no, 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 it was Imzadi mm-hmm. who said it was crazy, yes. Yeah. It's smart, yeah. 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 I think it's more clever with its filmmaking, but right. yeah, but yeah, it's smart. Sexy, sure, we see a naked blue butt. We see Virginia Hay naked all the time. Yeah, we see her naked, like, a couple and times. And she constantly gives dudes orgasms. Yeah, that's, like, her like, thing. T- that's oh, her doesn't thing. she do a thing where she, like, yeah. touches their head? And, yeah, like, she just... totally made a Crichton come after he gets them out of the 
Oh, this is her thank yeah. you. Like, yeah, that was her thank, thank you. you. Oh. Yeah, it takes her all like two seconds. It's like <laughs> well, a handshake. Maybe that was just Crichton. <laughs> <laughs> Pre- no, because uh, Cadargo has for, 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 <laughs> fourth sensation. Because <laughs> Cadargo got a little jealous. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Because he was kind of impressed. Well, he was trying to hit hit on her yeah. too. He was, and yeah. she's like, "I'm not really into you." Yeah, I like this Crichton dude. He's a dumb animal. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny. There are moments of levity for sure, right. and uh, heartbreaking. I think the end of it's really good. Clone Crichton. Well, well, clone Crichton for you, but even the end of this episode, I'm talking about just this episode, mm-hmm. it does have all these things. Like, the end of it... The end of it, he's just by himself fixing a robot. Sad. It's a horrendously sad. Because he's alone, he doesn't yeah. have his father, he doesn't he have doesn't his He doesn't have any friends. He's just alone. These aliens are just, they're not his team. He has no way of getting back home. Yeah. And you really feel that weight of... Mm-hmm. It ends with him doing a like a do, video dog uh, dialogues yeah. or, or diaries yeah. of... Uh, like how he's feeling because mm-hmm. he's a scientist and he's yeah. just trying to record his thoughts, mm-hmm. you know. Exactly. So yeah, so yeah. yeah. So I I don't know I I don't know I, I I recommend people watch it. How about that? Yeah. But if I were, I don't think I would greenlight it if it wasn't for the fact that. Well, maybe if it was modernized. I think if you modernize it, yeah. which is Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> basically, which was fun and great. Yeah, if you want to see like kind of prototype Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy, this is in. And James Gunn, this yeah. is an inspiration this is it. for it. This is, and it's very much that. Yeah, you know? yeah, it is. I mean, but not. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going back on everything I'm saying. Is there anything else you wanted to say about it in in general? Nope. Nope. We covered it all. Yeah, covered we the did bases. It. Okay. Well, then, uh, piloting the pilots releases each Tuesday. That was such a weak ending. I feel like that was a real weak ending. Oh, I'm sorry. What do you want me to say? There's something better than that. piloting the pilots releases each tuesday can be found on itunes soundcloud and stitcher as always you can contact us with any questions or rebuttals on twitter at pilot pilots or at our email address piloting the pilots at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you so make sure you send in any legitimate alien alien abductions abductions. Mm -hmm. that's that's something i want to hear yeah let us know if you've watched farscape and what your honest opinion about yeah i would love to see people because like this is a show i do like Mm -hmm. even if i wasn't totally in love with the pilot yeah there were parts i felt draggy yeah and like i said that lana del rey ambient noise sometimes (laughs) really wanted to lull me to sleep right so i don't know i would love to hear what other people actually have to say about this show your honest opinion. You don't have to like it. You don't have to like it. Yeah. I, I mean, I like, just, I just want to know. Just don't attack no Muppets. Yeah, and don't attack me for liking it. Or Crichton. Or Crichton. Don't tell you who, attack Crichton. You tell I who, will find you. I will end you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next week we're going to be doing a show we have never seen it before. That's right. We're going to be doing The Expanse, mm-hmm. which is currently on Amazon. If you want to watch along, right? Don't know anything about I it. I have no. So here. it's a relatively new show, so I think mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna see. Is it better than Fireflies? The science better than Fireflies? <laughs> Any science is better than Fireflies. That show had no science. They have like revolvers in that thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, have a wonderful week. Stay mm-hmm. safe. Take care. We love you. Love you. Bye. Bye bye.